A few months ago, I was entering our home through the back door, which leads to the little breakfast area and then into the kitchen. And as I walked in the back door, I did what everyone in my house, and I'm sure most of you do when you come into your homes after a day at work. You take your briefcase and you set it on the shelf or put it where it's supposed to go. You take off your shoes and you put them neatly in the cubby as you come in into your home. And so I made my way through the kitchen and I noticed one shoe on the floor, about a size kid's 10, about five feet later, there was another one. And I thought to myself, oh, Camden's home. He must have forgotten the after-school procedures that he's supposed to follow. When you come in from school, you take off your shoes, you put them in the cubby, and then below that, you put your backpack. And so I thought, well, I didn't see his backpack by the back door. I wonder where it is. So I walked into the dining room, and sure enough, there was his backpack laying on the floor. And I thought to myself, Something really exciting must have happened after school because he would never, never forget to put his stuff away. And then I thought to myself, oh yeah, his grandmother picked him up from the bus stop today. He obviously pulled one over on Oda and got away with it. So then as I entered the living room, Camden burst around the corner, frantically waving something in his hand. It was a box, and I could tell by the logo what the box was, but I wasn't entirely sure what was in the box. And he shouted with five-year-old excitement, new Legos! Legos, Legos, Legos! And then I thought, of course, that explains it. Why would you follow the proper after-school procedures when there's new Legos involved in your afternoon? But these Legos, they were unlike any Legos that he had ever had before. These Legos were Marvel superhero Legos. More specifically, they were Spider-Man Legos. Now, as a family, we're the proud owners of Star Wars Legos, Washington Capitals Legos, Batman Legos, Harry Potter Legos and even more Star Wars Legos. But we had yet to enter into the realm of Spider-Man Legos, and I did what any sane adult would do. I looked at him and I said, buddy, those are amazing. I can't wait to help you build them. In his hands, in his little five-year-old hands, he held something new. Camden knew he was holding on to something he had never yet experienced, the awesomeness of Legos married to the amazingness of Spider-Man. And I know what all of you are thinking here this morning, and you're right, and you should be extremely jealous of him. So on that Friday afternoon, with shoes not where they were supposed to be and a backpack not put away, we entered as a family into a new world of possibilities. These Legos and their new possibility that accompanied them were only available to us because of Camden's excitement. A new thing was going to happen in our house because of these Legos. The childlike wonder that our kids have opens them to viewing the world with new possibilities. They see the world with anticipation and not anxiety. They see the world with hopefulness and not despair. New experiences are around every corner, and those new experiences, all of them, will blow open the doors to the new world awaiting them and us. 
I'm talking about the joy that comes from knowing that new things are always possible. When the old gives way to the new, an opportunity is not stifled by beating the joy out of us. The Lord had promised to do a new thing for Israel. The prophet Isaiah reminded the people of Israel that while they were in the midst of wandering during their exile from the promised land that had been given to them by God. They had been forced out of their land after losing a battle with the Babylonians. They needed to be reminded by the prophet that the same Lord who made a way in the sea, the same Lord who made a path in the mighty waters, brought out chariot and horse and army and warrior and made it so that those people could not rise against Israel, would also see Israel through this time of wandering. But I find it odd that Israel had to be reminded of this linchpin story, especially during a time of trial. It's as though they'd been delivered by the Lord from captivity in Egypt and then forgotten how they arrived at the place they found themselves. They had forgotten the childlike wonder, the childlike dependency they had on God Childlike wonder does not mean that you're naive. Childlike wonder is not wearing blinders to seeing the world how it really is. Childlike wonder opens us to the possibilities of what can be because joy has not given way to the hardships of life. As we, adults, as we begin to lose our childlike wonder, hardness builds up around our hearts and we put on blinders to what the world could be. And we begin to accept the world just as it is now, a world where change, a world where new things are not only impossible, they're not practical. What's practical? Things that we can prove. The accolades we can attain through hard work by putting our nose to the grindstone and bearing through life, thinking that if we just work hard enough or we just do the right things, everything will be ours in the end. Everything we do will produce what has been promised to us by others. The Lord had seen Israel out of the bonds of slavery in Egypt. This was the same Lord who was seeing Israel through the pains of wandering in the wilderness, and now this same Lord promised to do a new thing. And when this new thing was fully realized by the very people it was intended for, they would declare praise before God. The Lord was telling Israel, yes, I did a new thing in bringing you out of slavery, and yes, You are being provided for in a barren land where not even the wild beasts can survive. I know this is hard for you to see because you have become hardened by life, but if you could just look at the world with possibility and with joy, you will see that the best is yet to come. It may seem dark and it may seem difficult right now, but what I, the Lord your God, am going to do will turn your world and everyone else's world upside down. Paul was writing to a church in Philippi that had a great list of credentials. They were confident. 
They thought that they had done the right things to attain righteousness, and Paul tells them, you think that's good? You think your resume is good? Listen to me. I'll tell you what confidence in the flesh really looks like. And then he proceeded to talk about himself at length, talking about his own achievements and talking about how those achievements helped him see possibility through himself and not through the world around him. But then Paul did what Paul does over and over again. He pivoted. Paul told the Philippians, and he tells us today that whatever those gains were, whatever achievements he, they, or we may have accumulated are nothing in comparison to the new thing that God has done in Jesus Christ and the new thing that God is doing today through Jesus Christ. The new thing promised to Israel and realized through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ opened the kingdom of God to be realized here on earth. And it broke down the barriers that we create for ourselves, preventing us from seeing the possibilities in the new thing God has done and the new thing God will continue to do. Paul reminds the church that in order to experience the new thing that God is doing with all of our hearts, we must lay aside the accolades and the credentials we have given to ourselves, and that we are to regain the childlike wonder that all of us once had. Because we live on this side of the empty tomb, we have the fortunate opportunity to see that the new thing that the Lord did in Jesus Christ. And yet, we still stand often with our arms folded, hardened to the possibility that that new thing really happened, that that new thing really did change the world 2,000 years ago, and that the new thing that the Lord is doing is still changing the world today. We find it hard to believe that the new thing God has done is changing our own lives Jesus told his disciples that in order to experience the newness of what God is doing, that we, adults, are to assume a childlike posture. Meekness in the sense that we are open to the joy of possibility and not despair caused by the current state of our society or the current affairs happening within the church. Jesus invites us, all of us, to open ourselves to experience the fullness of creation. We find it hard to experience this new thing from God promised to us through the prophets and realized through Jesus Christ because so often the institutions that are charged with cultivating and nurturing our childlike openness have at some level fundamentally failed. Doctrine and polity have taken the place of promise and experience. Whether we open ourselves to what the Lord has promised or we decide to wait decades or even a lifetime, the invitation is still the same. Jesus told his disciples to come and taste and see. This invitation to come is is extended to everyone And once you have tasted what the Lord is doing, and once you have seen what the Lord is doing, childlike wonder and joy begins to re-enter your life. You are radically changed. 
When we taste and when we see, we are embracing God's new thing like a child, seeing the fullness of what God and only God can make possible. Viewing the world with possibility and joy that comes with the change in the way that God has called each of us. It opens us to seeing the bread and the cup that we will all share as an invitation into full participation in the new thing that God has already accomplished through Jesus Christ and the new thing that God will accomplish through each of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.